James chapter 4, verse 13 is where I'm starting. Come now, you who say. Now, um, verse, that verse 13, the come now, you who say. There's two, two little phrases there that James is attaching together. And one of my commentaries said that this is a very brusque way to change the conversation. Okay? Uh, I think possibly going, come on, all you who say. There, there's an implication of like, James is being brusque here. Okay? He's not being soft. Come on. Oh, okay, all you people that are saying these sorts of things. Okay. And then what's the, th- what's the statement? Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. That doesn't sound so bad, does it? What's he say in response? Verse 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. This is a very common biblical thought. You see a lot of places in the Bible that talk about these sorts of things. Um, Instead, here's the alternative. You ought to say... So there is a connection to what we're saying because the person is saying, hey, I'm going to do this. He said, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Okay? As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Whoever, so whoever who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So a lot of things to unpack there. Let's take a look at just the first part. There's a lot of, a lot of different things, a lot of different ways I could go down here. Um, does this sound like a very common thing in our world, even today? Right? Is, is there anything necessarily wrong with planning? Is that what James is trying to say? No? Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, at first glance, if you were to read through this, what, what is one of the first things that might jump out to you if we think about some of our questions? Um, what, what do we learn about people? Let's go to that second one. What do we learn about people from this text? Anything jump out? This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Like, this is the goal. Yeah. Living for self versus looking at the fact that God may have a different plan. Yeah. Like, we can't ignore the fact that make a profit is part of the conversation beforehand. Not that there's anything wrong with making a profit. <laughs> you want things you do to be profitable. But... There's something at play in this first individual, right? What else do you see? What else do you learn about people from this? Ooh, there's one big blaring one that's real obvious. Yeah. Mm, that's a really good one. That wasn't the one I was thinking about. That's another one that's real obvious, right? We're limited in our knowledge of the future. 
You, you can say, hey, this is what my plan is, this is what I'm planning on doing, but that does not mean it's going to happen. Right? On the, along that same line, right? We, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we have no idea, really. I mean, we can, we can have some really good guesses, can't we? Most likely, we think we know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we don't. I mean, think about all the people that have faced serious tragedy. Most of them will tell you, like, you'll have people, like, you'll watch those shows, like, Charity used to like, like the show, I Survived, and it's these people that face horrendous things. So many of them, they go, when I woke up that day, I didn't think that, right? That doesn't, that doesn't happen. Um, all right. Ooh, that's the one I was looking for. Time is limited. Your life... Even the, the longest that you live is still that like a vapor. Um, I have a couple other passages that say similar things that you've probably heard. Um, Psalm 102.3, For my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My days pass away like smoke is reminiscent of what he's talking about. Uh, there's just this reality that, or, or Job 7.7, 7, Remember that my life is a breath right? It's just, and the idea here of this vapor is like smoke going up, vapor going up, a wind comes along, and it's gone, right? Anything else before I move on? Anything else you learn about people? Yeah. See, now we're getting to the we're getting to the heart of what's going on here, right? What's the real difference between these two is less about the planning and more about are they bringing Christ into these everyday decisions, right? Um, let's see here. How about this one? What, what do we learn about God in this one? Anything you can learn about God? That might be a little bit more challenging to figure out what we learn about God. Yeah, that's, that's standing out pretty clear, right? He's in control. Whatever tomorrow, he doesn't just know tomorrow. <laughs> he's in tomorrow. He's already there. It's not like he's just looking ahead. He, he's king of tomorrow, right? He is over. If the Lord wills, then that's the statement. Now, how do, how do we say this sometimes that I think is a great way to do that? What do we say? Okay, that was the one I was, yeah, yeah, it, it, Lord willing, I'm going to do this. I, I hear people will throw that. I think it's a great, that's, an, that's a great practical way to tie this in to actual daily life. Start off so many things, Lord willing, I'm going to, right? And, or as uh, the Doolins say, not just Lord willing, Lord willing and the, and the creek don't rise, right? Or crick, I said creek, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you think you know the best plan. Yeah. You think you know it. Um, and I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Like, we think we can analyze it from every angle and know exactly what the best plan is. And this really, like, James does a good job of just cutting me off at the knees. Like, that's just 
arrogance. There, there's a Jesus teaching from Luke that's not that long ago that um, we talked about. I would ask you guys to tell me which one it is, but it would hurt my feelings if you didn't remember. I'm just joking, it would hurt my feelings. Um, Luke chapter 12, huh? <laughs> Oh, well, what, what was that? I didn't hear that. Oh, did you? You had it? Way to go. Okay. I, I, <laughs> totally random. That was right. You had it. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, the rich fool. Um, what's the rich fool do? He thinks to himself. He has an overabundance. He goes, oh, you know what I should do? What's he do? I should... Knock down these barns, build bigger barns, store up. He makes all these plans, super happy about it. And what's, yeah, God says, don't you know tonight, right? Your soul will be required. You're not going to make it into tomorrow. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I'd like to, that's one of the things that I think some of you are picking up on. All such boasting is, does he say, is foolish, silly? Is that what he says? Evil. Right? Yeah, which is what you were pointing out. Like, is it? That's, all such boasting is evil. Let me grab my phone here. I had a, one of the commentaries had a thing, and I didn't have a chance to copy it. And so I took a picture of it real quick before I came. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, he says, James's critique runs deeper than that, okay? Which I think we all agree, you're right. <laughs> so this is Ben Witherington, and he's quoting somebody else, which I'm like, wow, Ben Witherington's quoting somebody. Who is this guy? Um, James' crit- critique cuts deeper than that. However, for he challenges the very view of reality assumed by such friends of the world. Their speech betrays a perception of the world as a closed system of limited resources. Don't worry, I'm gonna, I, a lot of stuff I'm saying here, I'll hone in on the part that really got me, okay? All these things, in other words, they, they, they have all these things that are available to my control, right? So I've got my, I've got my money, I've got this, I've got that, I've got my car, I've got my, my, my arms, my legs, I've got, and, and they're managing all these things, right? Um yielding to their market analysis and sales campaign, right? So all these things that I'm, I have control of, and think about, isn't that what so often we want to do, right? We want to control all these things, at least the things that I have within my control to get the outcome that I want, okay? When James recommends that they say, if the Lord wills it, we will both live and do this thing or that thing, he is not recommending an empty piety. In other words, uh, j- just tacking that statement onto the front, Lord willing. That, that's good, but he's not just simply recommending that. But a profoundly different understanding of reality. He challenges their construal with the perception given by faith and friendship with God that the world is an open system created by God at every moment. You see what he's saying? 
Every new moment is a moment sustained and created by God. And infinitely rich in the resources provided by God for humans to exist and prosper in cooperation rather than competition. And within this understanding, their pretension and boasting is not the symptom simply of foolish heedlessness. It is a symptom of something evil. So he's attempting, this guy is attempting to figure out why, why is it evil. So I know that that was a lot of words. Let me try to condense. If I come at it and I'm just willy-nilly, I'm, I'm actually making an, a, some serious assumptions that things are within my control, is what he's saying. Now, we can determine do we agree with what he's saying or not. The reason why it's evil is that there, there's, a, there's an assumption that these are the things that have, this is what the outcomes are, I can do this, 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 A, B, C, put these things together, I can get the outcome that I want, boom, 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 it's all laid out, here we go. But that's a complete disregard to that, the fact, as this guy puts it, your world is an open system. You have no idea. <laughs> the infinite possibilities of what could happen in your life, just in your life, let alone everybody else's lives around you and all the other potentials and possibilities, right? And you're really not even in control of even the things that you have because who of you, by taking thought, as Jesus puts it, can add one day to your life? Who of you, by taking thought, can make, can, can you sit there and go, I'm going to make my hair grow longer? Mm. I mean, that's what I do every morning. I shave every night, and every morning I go, and it just fills back in. <laughs> yeah. Who of us really is in control? I'm not even in control of my own heart beating right now. I'm not doing that consciously. God has written code into my DNA that then structured all of the things necessary to create a beating heart that continues to do that. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I don't even know how to do that. Yet God did it when I was being knit together in my mother's womb. And he's done it for all of us. And just, just the genius coding. Like people talk about coding in computers. The genius coding that God has done to write into biological material so that we construct ourselves from a cell. That's amazing. And this God, he has written into those things and written into ways much beyond just what's genetically there, the reality that he could at any moment go, you're done. You're coming here. You're going there. Or this person that's with you, they're done. Right? Or these things that you have, all the stuff that you have, I could take that all away in an instant. I could double it. Right? And so it's not just foolishness is what James is saying. It's actually evil. To, to operate in this life as if you're in charge of anything It is. Yeah. I think you said the same thing, right? It's kind of, or somebody said it. 
Kind of rude to God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wants to reason with people mm. to say, come on, yeah. you know, that he's revealed himself to us. Yeah. yeah. That's how I kind of look at that. Yeah, I, I was getting kind of doom and gloom, wasn't I? Well, you could die right now. <laughs> all of you, you're all dead. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There's, uh, I, I love how theologians have brought about that point of thinking, this, this God that's sovereignly in control, aren't you glad he's good? Whew. Not vindictive and, you know, you, th- you think about like a, are you laughing at your dad? It's Father's Day, don't laugh at your dad. Um, you think about a, a child, how they can be so vindictive, that it doesn't mean I'm going to do the, right? Aren't you glad God's not petty? Um, all right. Well, we learned about ourselves. We learned some things about God. He's in control, but also that he's good, and he's reasoning. He's made these things relevant to us that we can hear these truths and think through, right? Um, what's something we can learn? This one's kind of an obvious one. I think there may be some other things we come up with. What can we learn about relating to God? I think right off the bat, the easy one is to say we ought to start saying Lord willing and meaning it right? And then thinking about all the ramifications of meaning that in our lives. Um, one of the things that we, I can't get away from that James is actually going to do next. Do, do any of you have your Bibles out right now? What's, what's the title that your Bible has given to the beginning of James chapter 5? Warning to the rich. So I, I've been kind of faced with that thought dealing, going through Luke. I mean, think about some of the things we've talked about in Luke lately. Um, James does the same thing. He, there's, there's a lot of warnings to the rich. Now, I don't think, I'm going to mention this in church later, but uh, Jacob at one point, you know, Jacob and Esau, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Um, we all know Abraham was super wealthy, Isaac super wealthy, Jacob super wealthy. In fact, Jacob, I was looking for some examples. Jacob one time gave a gift to Esau. Remember when he's coming back with all of his possessions that he's, he's accumulated and he sends out some gifts to his brother because he doesn't want his brother to be mad at him and kill him. <laughs> and so he starts sending gifts. He sends like 200, you know, female goats. And like, I don't know, there's like 14 male goats. And then there's 200 female sheep and like 14 or so male sheep. And then he's like, two, he sends like, I don't remember, like 100 some milking camels. I was like, hey, Google, how much is a camel? In Saudi Arabia today, to get a pregnant camel is $17,000 to buy a, a, a pregnant camel. So I was like, man, I wanted to start doing some math. Like then I was, I almost went down a, a rabbit hole that wasn't really important to the study of my sermon of like, well, how much is a goat? <laughs> how, how much is it? You know, like I was like, oh, how well they were. This is a pretty expensive gift. This is just the camels he gave to Esau, right? Right? So th- these are wealthy people. Um, Job, wealthy, before and after. So 
I don't think we can limit it down to, I think, I think people actually do this in our world today. They take a very superficial reading of the Bible and then come across and say, all, if you got money, you're bad. You should give it all away. I don't think that's necessarily the right way to go either. But I don't want to ignore that reality that there is a lot of things the Bible has to say about the rich and the well-off. And I think that one of the things that gives me a clue in this passage, and I think we'll see in Luke today, the, the one that's, I'm going to do this, this, his, that person's mind is set on personal gain. I'm doing all these things for me. That's the, the other side of that coin, not just I'm disregarding of the Lord, but I'm, I'm also, everything I'm thinking about is how it can benefit me, right? Yeah. Me and mine. Mm. Now, you guys are going to see this later in Luke. We're doing the, the uh, rich man and Lazarus. Uh, listen for it today. You'll hear the rich man when he's addressed, and I know you guys know that story, but when he's addressed by Abraham, Abraham says, in, the, in your life, you got your good things. Right When he talks about Lazarus, he didn't say he got his bad things. He says he got evil things in this life. But when he's talking to the rich man, he says, you got your, you got your stuff. You got your good things. And so it was an interesting addition of that word. Your, it wasn't just you got good things. You got your. Like that, he, they were his, right? And so I, I think you see that in a lot of those passages. But you have to kind of really think about what's being said, right? Um, yeah. And when I don't want to give things away, but um, one of the things I'm going to talk about, is, I have to. I do it every week. I can't help it. It's all, it's all up here. It's in here. It's getting ready to fall out in like 30 minutes. It's all getting ready to come out in 30 minutes. It's hard not to just like, whoop. Um, it was so interesting, though, because if the rich man was actually following God's law, because there's a connection to God's law made by Abraham, hey, you, the, you had the law and the prophets. Your, your brothers had the law and the prophets, right? If that rich man would have been following God's law, I don't think that he would have had somebody begging for scraps from the table because God's law had some gleaning laws. Leave stuff in your fields. Leave these things. There's, there was things. I think that there was a, a clue that the rich man wasn't even following God's law. That's the real issue. Because if he would have been, it wasn't just that, oh, if he was following God's law, he would have given to the beggar. If he was following God's law, that whole situation may have looked very different. Does that make sense? Yeah, so there, there, there was things at, at play in that um, that you see that God's law actually addresses those things. There, I'll take it back. Okay, I let it out. Yeah, that's they, they. Yeah, for those that. Yeah. The praise and testimony time. I would. I, they stopped letting me talk during praise and testimony time. Yeah. All right, we are we are about about through. Um, Actually, we've thought of something before. Uh, Bruce, Bruce is here. Is Bruce here? No, I thought I saw him. Oh, that's Chuck. Um, I remember that, Lord willing, the creeks don't rise. I remember the Sunday that um, the creeks did rise where Bruce was at, and he couldn't make it to church. Do you remember that? I remember thinking about, Lord willing, the creeks don't rise. The Lord was willing, but the creeks rose, so Bruce can't make it to church this morning. <laughs> oh. 
got flooded out. All right, uh, any other things that you see before we move on? Um, uh, what do we learn about relating to others? Let's hit that last question. What do we learn about relating to others? That, is, that one's kind of challenging. I, haven't th- I, I didn't make it that far in my own notes. Yeah. It's not just that he's offended. He's offended because we're Oh, yeah. No, that's a good observation. Yeah. Because you think about that looking at other people piece because isn't that what happens a lot of times? That's why a lot of people go, i got to get out of social media because they're looking at... And we know, what, what do people do? They, they put, off, put off all the best vacation pictures and all the other stuff and you're like, it's so easy to have that envious thought build up in you or that judgmental thought that, oh, well, they're having such a good time because they don't love Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, we don't know either one is the case, right? We... They, it, it, we need to take a step back from those things. Uh, all right, I think my time is up. I haven't gotten the... Oh, well, that was interesting. Jeff just went, nah, go on. My dad went. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, my dad called it. Yeah. Is there any... Did he... Did, did James just turn to a completely different focus in verse 13... Because I'm looking at like what we studied last week, mm. and it's talking about God opposing the crowd. So you have that arrogance again, and the judging your neighbor. And like, did he go a different direction, or is he? Is this a 
Well, the, those first words, the come now you who say, is clearly an introduction of a new topic. But I don't think that that means, and this is kind of what I got from a lot of them, James hasn't forgotten the previous topics. So just like, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff that's in there. Yeah, it's almost like he wrapped this thought up and he said, on that note, <laughs> what about this? Oh, hold up. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you'll see again at uh, chapter 5, the come now again um, is another, it's one word in the Greek, but it's a, it's a way to introduce, he's, he's reintroducing another new, new topic. But you'll see even when we get to that, there's still remnants of those previous topics that are infiltrating this. Like previous learning is impacting what he's talking about now. Mm-hmm. You know, boasting and yeah. um, all that interesting. Yeah. yeah. The come now is kind of like a listen up, right? Listen up. That's kind of what that word can be. In fact, did we have a King James Bible? It's translated differently, I think, in the King James. Anybody have one? Out and open. Verse 13. What's the first word? No? thought somebody might have one. All right. Well, I'm going to, I want to dismiss you guys. Yeah, so go to the go to go to now. It's it's either way you go. I thought there was a different one. Maybe it's the NIV has something different as well. Um, but there's this both regardless how it's translated. It's one word in the Greek, and they have a lot of trouble knowing how to exactly translate it. But it's definitely like an introduction of a here's a new thing. Listen up, come on, here we go. We're going to this right. Those things. Yeah, there you go. Now listen, right. Oh, now I'm getting a glare, so let's, uh, let's dismiss you guys. You are dismissed.